This is Dan the Dad, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. And if you change the channel, you're grounded. Show is Jason along with Chris. Yo, yo, it's been a uh, half a minute since you heard from us, probably like beginning of uh, the end of June, beginning of July ish. Probably, um, yeah, mix of a lot of different things going on. Uh, busyness, mm-hmm. uh, me just not feeling myself lately, so that didn't help the whole situation. Uh, and just a bunch of little things, but getting back to normal, feeling good, Lewis. So, uh, back nice. to uh, feeling better. So, anyway. So we can talk about the blues stuff. Um, the big news was obviously us losing out on uh, Matthew Kachuk for various reasons. Yeah. Let's talk okay. about that. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, the big article about David Perron basically not being thrilled about the free agency process. We'll give our insights on that. Uh, not much really has happened since then. The blues haven't really done any moves or anything. Um, they wrapped up a couple of little things, which we figured they'd wrap up. So we got Clem Costin is under contract. So everybody, so we kind of talked about it a little bit last time, but if you had to guess, you had to put $500 down, Chris, beginning of the off season. If I told you we signed, re-signed everyone on our free agent list, restricted and unrestricted minus David Perron, or we signed David Perron and not anyone else on the list. Which one would you take? I, At the beginning I, of the offseason, you, what you would have done? I think I would have said they're going to sign Perron, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. You know, I get it. It's a business side of things. I'm sure we're going to talk about what he's had to say in the press after the fact. Um, I don't know, man. It, after the fact and after the numbers came out, I'm kind of surprised that the Blues didn't meet those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it sounds like Armstrong had just decided he was ready to move on, and I have no idea why. It's the it's it's one of the few times that I can sit back and scratch my head with Doug Armstrong, like even the David Backus situation. I got it. Yeah, he wanted I, an extra year, so we did one extra year, so we got it. Yeah, like. I wasn't a fan of it at the time, but I got it. Armstrong was right in hindsight. But this one, I don't know, man. Like, I, I get that at some point the production has to decline. But all he's done in the three years that he's been here is put up fantastic numbers and have great chemistry with Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know why you wouldn't kick the tires of bringing him back. Yeah, so well, we'll get into it now then since we're kind of already talking about it. So obviously he did his uh, talk to Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic uh, and basically, uh, you know, he said he wanted to let the dust settle because initially he was going to do an interview with him after he signed with Detroit. Um, but he decided to wait a couple of days to let the dust settle is what he said and finally yeah. talked about it. 
Um, so the long and short of it. So on July 13th, uh, Perron signed his contract. Um, he talked to Rutherford and the rumor is a uh, per team source Perron was offered two years, $8 million at the beginning of last season. So basically the same contract as minus two years, still the same right. AAV for, I mean, who knows what that was. Um, and apparently he declined it. So another source familiar with negotiations said it was one year, $4 million offer. And he, then after Perron put in obviously a very good year and was one of the better players in the playoffs, he was hoping for a longer than, you know, two year contract basically, or sure. one year contract. So, um, and he was never formally offered another deal after that, apparently. So after the beginning of the season, the blues said, Hey, do you want this deal or not? And he said, no, they said, okay, well, we'll talk later. And then never talked again. That, that part is shocking to me. Yeah. It's, I know he's trying to be, stay competitive and keep the, you know, they obviously need another defenseman. Obviously they were not going to, Marco Scandella could not be your number four defenseman. Obviously no. he, can he can barely be your number six defenseman at this point. Um, so they had to get somebody, and obviously they went Nick Luddy, the four-year, $16 million deal, which we said, okay, whatever, you know, sure. maybe that'll be okay. Um, he seemed to work okay. Um, but Perron <coughs> is said he's hurt by everything, and he doesn't know. He said he, why he still loves the city. He doesn't know if he can come back to St. Louis sometime in the future maybe, but he doesn't know if he can right now because he can't answer that question, considering a guy who come back here how many times and – yeah. How many deals, and now he doesn't even want to come back. So obviously something happened there, and I know there's probably more to it. Obviously, the player's going to do the obviously media tour. Very rarely does Armstrong do any kind of media after signing about something right. like this. Maybe something will be said during training camp, but I think everybody was shocked that we didn't see Perron. That really kind of screws up your line balance. You're hoping now. You're hoping Jake Neighbors is doing, you know comes in and plays pretty well. I'm not expecting him to come do 20 goals or anything, but at least plays well now and make the team. Uh, really not sure uh, what to think of that whole situation. I'm shocked that Perron's going to go not to Detroit, to a rebuilding team, looking to try to crack into the playoffs again. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, well, since I was saying the Red Wings thing, I'll say as a side tangent here, I got to watch the uh, ESPN doc on uh, Colorado and Detroit during the 90s. It was great. Oh, it is fantastic. Highly suggest that anybody is a fan of, of hockey in general, especially if you're like Chris and I and can remember that era where that was insane. That, that couple of years was insane. The um, Western Finals were really your Stanley Cup Finals. Yes. And uh, every – let's see. And, of, of course, they had the one – which I got mixed up in my head. I thought Detroit won the cup the year Eisenman scored the shot against Casey. Not the case. Oh, they didn't they? They lost against Colorado in six, yeah. um, which I forgot. And in Colorado, that's the year they traded for Wah. And I talked, and they went in depth about everything how Wah, when he won it out of Colorado, and he they interviewed everybody. Um, the only person I don't remember seeing, even though in the preview they said they talked to Fedorov, I don't remember seeing Sergey Fedorov talk during it the actual it, documentary i could be wrong but i remember showing him they showed him on the screen as like during the trailer uh like my favorite player besides brett hall growing up the next kind of set was peter forsberg so i talked to him quite a bit and um so that was good. Sackick, obviously eisman uh 
Darren McCarty was like the main driver. Uh, Darren McCarty and Claude Lemieux obviously is the main driver of that story that they talked about. And uh, it was very interesting. So highly suggested, even if you're, uh, you know, obviously a blues fan, but go back and watch that. It's about two hours on ESPN plus. So go ahead and uh, go and stream that uh, right away. Cause it's really good. Something to get you through the off season. So anyway, our next big, big bit of news that we want to talk about. So me and Chris were at a concert uh, this night when this happened. So we were uh, hanging out afterwards, relaxing uh, after we got done with the show. And uh, I got a text from a friend and it was Jeremy Rutherford saying Matthew Chuck has been traded to the Florida Panthers, not St. Louis. That's the uh, blues are considered the front runners along with uh, uh, Carolina was supposedly in there. Um, Dallas Dallas was mixed in there. Nashville was, and they made the trade. So they were kind of out of it after that. So it was kind of like St. Louis and Carolina. And you're like, well, somebody could sneak in there. And that's what happened. Um, so mind you, they can't compete with this offer. No, no. That's, that's the thing that like after the initial shock happened and initial being really kind of pissed off about it, honestly, uh, because I really, I thought that was like, to me, it was like getting this guy was going to like reset the clock for the Blues. Sure. To me, it was like the window's open now, and it's you know, let's be honest, the the window is definitely on the kind of lower shutting a little bit because a mix of younger guys so. and vets, but it's still open in my opinion. I think we're still a top ten team. Much, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, let's let's put it this way before we finish this comment. Let's rewind because it was a comment that Andy Strickland made when people lost their minds about the Blues not signing Perron. And he goes, well, it's not like this team didn't just win a cup three years ago. This window is closing because this is not the 19 team. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the big names that are gone from this team now. And there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. So while you're seeing your players like Jordan Cairo and Bobby Tommy step up, there are still holes that need to be filled major holes all over the team, offensive, defensive. We hope that Bennington plays more like he did in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. But this is not the team from 1920 that was a bulldozer until COVID hit and then just kind of forgot how to play in the bubble. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. Like the, the, this, a Kachuk trade, would have certainly propped this window open for another five, ten years. I'd say five years at least for sure in his prime. He's 23, 24. So that would have, you know, you think the top of your top line then, assuming you sign Jordan Cairo next year, your top line after you've re-signed uh, Bobby Tommy for eight years, um, you're getting I can I'm pretty sure we talked about that. I'm not sure, but you know, Robert Thomas deal was great. Lock him up for the next eight years is what we needed. Um, you had you would have your first line of Kairu, Thomas, Kachuk for eight years. Yeah, and that's to me that's that's a pretty solid number one line. When you build off of that, and then you can kind of roll your way down. If you sign Perron, then think about it. you do as Perron ages on the your you know your second line right winger because obviously Tarasenko is. He's out. He's actually out. So we'll just, I just count him out because just, he just, he wants out. So they're going to probably let him go eventually. Um, things can change. We'll say that much because we've seen crazy things happen. But 
Um, then you have O'Reilly, and then you could have Shen on that line as your number number two line, and then you kind of just work your way, or even neighbors up there as your number whatever, and you've could you have Shen as your third line center. So if, to me, it was like if that happened, you just kind of reset the clock and you stay competitive with the Colorados, and you're not having like a Chicago type teardown where it's like they're getting rid of everybody. Yeah. Um, and that team is going to be absolute dog crap. crap for a while. And they're they're doing the complete teardown, and they're hoping that it's a five year, basically rebuild is what they told Kane and Taves, and they both won out. So you're hoping the Blues don't do that because his talker Armstrong's been really good about retooling the team as it goes along and bringing up young guys, making sure you don't trade. He's kept first rounders here and there, and they've so far been okay. Like obviously Thomas has paid off. Kyrie's a second round pick. Uh, neighbors looks like a look, looks like a good player. Perunovic looks pretty solid. Yep. So you're getting some production from those guys, and you're hoping maybe some you get a, a gem of like a late round pick to surprise you. Um, you made a good trade for Bushnevitz. That turned out to be great. So anyway, right, right. long story short is you're you still had all these guys that are. I, mean, I thought Bushnevitz even I could put him in the second line, but I'm forgetting about him because you had so much firepower. So that's I mean you had a great top six if this happened and it didn't. But you can't compete with giving up literally the guy who was just put up 115 point season, a top pairing defenseman, an okay prospect, and a first round pick. I mean, a couple, I mean, mind you, but two or three years down the line. Um, so, in your opinion, what is the uh, that the equivalent of what we gave up? Is probably something like this is a hard equivalent because Huberto is definitely at this point better than. Tarasenko, yeah, obviously by points. So you really the best I could come up with was Tarasenko, Pareko. There, uh, there, I would say at least probably a neighbors because yeah. it was a forward prospect and a first rounder. So instead of being a first rounder in twenty twenty five, probably next year's first rounder it's supposed to be a very good draft. You, they probably wanted that one that maybe makes up the difference between Huberto and Tarasenko, right. And there you go. Uh, the only difference is the uh, Mackenzie Weger and Huberdeau are both free agents after this year, unrestricted. So they could basically lose them, but Cal- but Calgary now can flip those guys if they're not doing well for cap draft capital, and they might yeah. have like three or four first round picks out of the Kachuk trade now instead of what they. So basically, they got a tough situation, and their GM hit a home run. Yeah, I would say he really knocked it out of the park. Um, that's a great return. And, you know, they're giving up a great player. They should get a, a, a good return. But that's that's insane. Now, you, you brought up the good point. Like, can they resign these players? Or are they going to have to flip them for draft picks at some point during this year? But I think that you got the best possible deal that you could get in a short period of time. I mean, this whole thing happened in what, a week and a half? Yeah, so basically after Goudreau signed, it was pretty much, that's when the dominoes fell. Pretty much after Goudreau went to Columbus, Kachuk's like, yeah, I'm definitely out now because that was the the other guy on my line that, you know, I don't want to stick around. If he doesn't want to stick around, I'm out too. So if he's not going to stick around, you got to basically – Get what you yeah. can get for him. Uh, supposedly, 
and this has been supposedly debunked, but it was it was in JR's article, so it might be a little truth to it. But Doug Armstrong's really good about not saying uh, like what he's offered. The supposed offer for Kachuk uh, that was leaked out was Tarasenko, Scandella, and a first or a high draft pick. It wasn't even a first. I mean, it wasn't. A, I'm assuming it's a first, but a high draft pick. Um, and supposedly Tarasenko was never asked about his way no trade, and so was Scandella. Um, that's literally saying, take my trash and give me your best. Literally, I want a gold nugget, and here's my trash. Well, and not calling yeah. Tarasenko trash, but like, who knows if he would resign after the year? And that's uh, the I'll, I'll say this I think that the Huberto and Tarasenko situation are very similar. I think that it's not take our trash when it comes to Tarasenko, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, this just eliminates this problem because we know he's going to Yeah, leave. I guess our problem in trash, I guess it makes more sense. Stella is 100% take our trash. Yeah. Um, you know, now here's the thing. I will say this. I think if you take that package and you had added – someone like neighbors or someone like that, maybe Perunovic, you have a chance of getting the deal done. Mm -hmm. But the rumor around the NHL was that Calgary wanted Jordan Cairo. I wouldn't have been opposed to dealing Jordan Cairo for Matthew Kachuk. But I think if you're taking Cairo or if you're offering Cairo, I think they have to take Tarasenko so you have money to sign Kachuk long-term immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think they would also need to take um, Scandella. And they'd have to get something back, too, because to me, that's a lot of firepower going out the door. Um, I would say no draft pick then. Yeah, I would say it's a lower draft pick. But again, I think really if, low. Um, you're giving Tarasenko and Cairo. That's 60 goals. Right. But I look at it this way. Like, Tarasenko and part of a trade to me, it doesn't bother me. Because we're going to lose that being the next year anyway. Either by trade or him walking out the door. He's coming. He's not going to be on the team in 2024. He's not gonna. He, he's made it clear. So while I think that sucks that we would have to give him and Kairou up, okay, we're not going to have him next year anyway. So drag, we lose him for this year. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting. If that is the package that Armstrong put together, that's a pretty weak package. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then obviously Kachuk, obviously it's a, it was the one of the first, and they're calling it one of the first ever sign-in trades. I remember we always talked about doing that because that's a very common thing in uh, definitely football, bat, more yeah. basketball than anything. Basketball, NBA does a sign-in trade, and there's a ton of those every year. Um, so they're saying it's the first ever true sign-in trade because he signed the deal with Calgary, but obviously he negotiated with Florida and basically passed the contract over to Calgary to sign. And once he signed it, 
um, then he was dealt. So he get the full eight years. So he signed an eight year deal with, and his average is nine and a half mil a year. Um, also, it was going to be two things make it difficult for Kachuk here. He got, he did an article with JR a couple, like about three days after, give or take. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much said, like, all the fans are cheering for me in St. Louis, and I'm really happy that they're, I hope they still follow my career, even though I didn't wind up going there. And the little nugget in that whole article was what Brady said. And he's like, yeah. Matthew was really bothered because he know like a lot of people would be bugging him back home for tickets and the like he couldn't walk around. Everybody would know who he is. And that little nugget there is what I was just like, there it is. Not saying it's a hundred percent. He didn't want to come here, but that's why we weren't the number one is that thing right there. Is he basically, I and I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but that's right there. I was like, yep. He is considering that. Cause guess what? He put Florida on his list of the teams he wanted to go to because that was leaked a like a long time ago. Guess what? He has no state sales tax now. He gets to be in Florida for eight years on a team. Let's be honest. At least right now, built very well. Uh, yep. There's a chance that team can go very south really quickly, though, in like three years um, because they trade a lot of draft capital, 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 and. Uh, they don't have first round pick to 2026 at this point. So it'll be hard for them to acquire guys. Their defense leads to me. Not great. Um, and after they're done with a couple of guys at forward, you have a lot of guys locked up for a long time. Let me wrong. Alexander Barkov is great. One of the best centers in the league. And now you have Kachuk on his wing. Um, but your defense outside of Ekblad is really something to be desired. And you have Bobrovsky taking up a good chunk of money too. So that, that could be an interesting team in a few years with a lot of loaded contracts. Um, yep. and, and I don't know if did you hear about the structure of Matthew Kachuk's contract as well. Uh, it's, I thought I read where it's all front-loaded, right? It's all signing bonus loaded. So, yes, front-loaded to a degree. Do you know every single year for the entire eight years, he only has a $1 million salary. Yeah. He, holds, he, he gets $8.5 million every I say July 1st, but that's just used to be the old signing. Sure. You know, the old signing uh, day. So every July 1st, he gets eight and a half million dollar check in the mail. Well, that's not too unlike the Ryan O'Reilly plan. Remember when we made Correct. the trade with Buffalo, it was, you know, we had to get it done by a certain date or we were going to be on the hook for his $7 million bonus, which we and were, which we did. That's which, which we ended up taking on anyway. Which we um, took on, and I think it's one of the reasons why they took the deal because they didn't have to pay that seven million dollars. Um, as you know, the owners in Buffalo, at least when it comes to the Sabres, are seem a little bit cheap. It seems like obviously the Bills are doing very well now, so they're kind of spending now. <laughs> say that again. I would say the Sabres are not the priority of the Bagulas. Yeah, so that's I think the uh, on a from please from my lips to God's ears. I think the Pagulas have their sights set on a Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, so they seem that they're all in on that, which, hey, whatever. Um, they're building what they can in Buffalo, obviously. Uh, the Sabres, mind you. Sure. Um, so to me, they were kind of like, hey, we'll take those guys, but hey, we don't want to pay $7 million to this guy right now. We'd yeah. rather just get these two guys. And obviously, Berglund was okay, and things didn't work out. Smoka, yeah, Thompson's been fine. He's been turning around the only good piece over there. So, um, 
anyway, Kachuk uh, didn't happen. Uh, so basically, the Blues offseason has been very much quiet and not much has gone on. Um, no, course, not really. The um, over at the athletic, Dom, uh, what's his name, does all the style, the fancy stats stuff over at the athletic. He uh, notoriously, everybody always says he hates the Blues, and Blues fans let him know that on, on uh, Twitter quite a bit. But uh, he gave the Blues, like, basically um, how your team now ranks contract-wise after this year. Have they made your team worse? Have they made your team better based on his model and wins and stuff like that? So out of the 30, uh, 32 teams, right, 32? Yeah, 32 teams, where are the Blues? Where did he rank the Blues, Chris? Well, I'm going to assume we're at least higher than Arizona and Seattle. So I would say that we're – I'm going to be generous with him and say that we're 24. Mind you, and this is like the moves you've made in the offseason to add wins add wins or subtract wins from their current – from last year's total. Um, so believe it or not, Seattle ranked very high. Interesting. Uh, Arizona was right below us, and they were last place. So we're 31. Yes. Wow. So he did. So basically said the contracts, uh, he ranked all the contracts. If you want to check that out afterwards, or anybody else, our listeners, check it out. Um, he ranked the contracts on like grade wise and uh, using his model. Uh, mind you, he even said his model doesn't factor for certain things. And um, like he gave Ron O'Reilly's contract not a great grade, you know, which doesn't make sense to me. But okay. he gave uh, Colton Braco's contract a D. Plus. I think that's probably accurate. Um, Nick Letty's new contract, a C. Um, everybody else was like, defense was all C's. I think nobody was higher than a C in the defense. What did Bennington? Uh, they did not do uh, goalies on there. He just did of like forwards and whatever. So, interesting. Uh, so it was a little interesting to say the least. Um, yeah. Or if he did goalies, I don't remember. I have to pull it up. But anyway. So yeah, not great. Um, I'll be honest with the Blues. Uh, at least feel the feel on the, at least the online socials for between Twitter, Reddit, and other stuff, not real positive, to say the least for no, the offseason. Imagine it would be. I mean, you, you bring in a couple of names. I'm very happy with the Nick Letty signing. I've always been a Nick Letty fan. I was excited when they acquired him. I was hoping they would sign him. I think that he is a very capable top four defenseman. He easily fits in your top two pairing. Um, I mean, outside of that, you're hanging your hat on Noel Achari. Yeah, that's about the only big name that was outside of uh, can so I, I take that back. So there's two, we are number 30. Can I bring up a name right now that I think the blue should kick the tires on that is Go still a UFA and I think we could get at a fairly economic rate? Go for it, Phil Kessel. I've seen that kicked around, and uh, I take that back. I uh, I apologize in this. So the Blues are really like twenty six. Oh, okay. This. So, um, so here's the grades super quick. Just the uh, the worst the worst grades. The best grade we got was Pavel Bushnevitz at an A minus. Jordan Kyrie at a B plus. Okay. Robert Thomas at a B minus, and on well down the line it was whatever. Is that old contract Robert Thomas or new contract Robert Thomas? Uh, according to this, it says new contract Robert Thomas. Okay. It's basing it on it says nine years of the average is 7.5 because they're factoring this year's deal. So sure. slightly off, but still. The worst forward contract goes to Braden Chen at a D plus. Really? Based on his mind you, this is his model, which everybody kind of he even says like 
when the Blues won the Cup that year, he pitched against the Blues every single series and every, almost every game because his model said that. that, And he's like, the Blues basically blew his model up and he had to readjust his model based on what the Blues did. Because exactly. obviously, I like fancy stats too. But unfortunately, sometimes you just can't factor some things in. And I'm always... Sure. So anyway, our best defensive contract is... Who do you think that is, Chris? I'll give you that. Best defensive contract? Yes. Hmm. My gut tells me it can't be Krug or Falk. Um, but it's got to be one of those two. I'll, I'll say Justin Falk. It is Robert Bortuzzo at a C plus. Yikes. And technically, Mikkel and Falk are a C plus as well. Uh, our worst contract is Colton Breakaway at a D minus. Uh, Krug and Letty coming at D plus. So. Uh, I, I would with Letty, I would agree with Perico. So technically, the Blues finished 26 out of that. So you were closer than I thought I was reading it wrong there. The worst deal is a Montreal Canadian. So congrats to you guys for having the worst managed salary cap on the NHL, according to Dom. Yikes. So that's probably based on probably more of the uh, Carey Price deal. It's just kind of not really working out. So yeah, I would say, I would say, plus, you know, Spending a lot of money on a free agent who shows up and goes, oh, by the way, I'm injured. Okay, correct. Uh, so, not great. So, anyway, the Blues, um, I don't know. It looks like they're going to go ahead with this team going to the – I really thought that I was, like, going to be proven wrong that some big deal would happen by now. Mind you, remember they acquired uh, Justin Falk right before the season started yep. years ago. So, who knows what could happen. Um, What's your thought on Kessel? I wouldn't be opposed if on like a one year, $1 million deal. Just, I mean, at this point, you got to think he's looking for somewhere to play. I mean, you need a power play specialist and you just lost it in David Perron. I mean, let's see, Perron, I mean, at least back checked and all that stuff. You're not going to get that out of Kessel, but I think that Kessel and O'Reilly would be great together. Hey, remember the Blues could have taken Phil Kessel years ago and we took Eric Johnson instead. So maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be history correcting itself to a degree. And you got to think that Phil Kessel is going to be happy to play anywhere that's a contender that's and in, and also not Arizona. And also, as long as there's soda in the locker room, he'll be very happy. That's all we need. And, and hot dogs. Yes, correct. God, uh, listen, I'll quit. I'll quit. You better bring the sodas back. I'll quit. So Phil, great. you did a seven-year deal. I don't care. I'll quit. Yeah, so the Blues are all – I have all the guys signed up. They have uh, – a little bit of time left before the season starts. The Blues will start their season October 15th. Um, uh, if you look, check out the schedule. We talked about that being out there ready. Preseason schedule is kind of working its way out. So it's kind of interesting how um, there's a couple of neutral site games. Yep. So they play in Wichita on the 24th, September 24th um, against the Coyotes. So that's the first. And then they also play Independence, Missouri on October 1st. So nice. it's real interesting. Um, how they got things balanced out. So they have eight preseason games. They have one on September 26th, the best day of the year. Um, and then they'll officially start their uh, quest for hopefully it. Say again? Is that true yourself day? And, uh, it's, uh, it's me turning 40 day. So, yeah. 2022, best day of the year. Correct. Uh, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, yeah, one more thing. So the Blues uh, minor league affiliate lost a couple of guys recently. So uh, that's front office guys. So they named uh, a longtime Rangers director of pro scouting, 
Uh, Kevin Maxwell will be the new AHL GM for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Um, obviously, the Blues have done a ton of uh, you know, restructuring his offseason. Obviously, Craig McTavish comes in as your assistant coach now. Uh, a lot of guys moving around due to – and that's the thing is, like, you have a team that's been very good for so long that obviously all your off-ice off guys are going to find new positions. I mean, we talked about uh, Jim Montgomery moving along. The uh, Kevin McDonald has moved along to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Goal development coach moved along. Um, you know, it's a ton of people who moved on, so you had to move those things in. We've got Scott Mellonby is back. Uh, Peter Torelli is taking more of a lead. We talked about uh, Tim Taylor is taking a, you know, so a promotion. So it seems it's very interesting. The Blues have kind of been able to produce not only a really great on the ice uh, product, but behind the scenes as well, they've had a very good, uh, done a good job with all these front office moves. So obviously you had Bill Armstrong go down to Arizona. So yeah, you've had a lot of guys move on. So we're kind of interested to see move, bringing in these uh, veteran guys and McTavish and Trelli. So uh, we'll see how all those guys turn out. So with me just rambling on, uh, we'll kind of just wrap it up here we'll kind of try to like do some stuff here. I've been working on some stuff and just hasn't really panned out the way I wanted to honestly be transparent. Uh, so if I get something before the season starts, great. If not, we'll uh, definitely be back for the beginning of the off the preseason and all the news leading up to the preseason games and training camp. Believe it or not, training camp is about a month away. We're yep. recording on the 4th of August. Uh before you know it, it's going to be training camp and seeing what else is going on around there. And then we'll have preseason games, which are always fun. Fantasy hockey is always fun. That'll be right around the corner. So stay tuned for all that. So we'll start to wrap it up there. And if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? Um, at Hossapalooza. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook and Twitter, it's at Blues, uh, look for Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, our website is blueshockeypodcast.net. Did a little bit of cleanup on that the other day. So you can find all our shows there, uh, along with a tab for merchandise. If you still feel like getting like that, I'm working on, I have some designs. I have I've literally drawn on a piece of paper that look like crap. And I need somebody who actually knows what they're doing to actually clean those up. Yeah, somebody to actually clean it up. So uh, we work on some stuff. We always, you know us, we try to throw a little wrestling in there. So we got, I got some ideas I threw on a piece of paper. So We'll see how those turn out. But for now, you can go to our sponsors tab and check out uh, some of our great sponsors. First off, you can check out Rockstar Tacos at the Gaslight Lounge. Uh, so I don't know, Chris, if you saw the latest, they have two specials that are happening. Oh, the last one I saw was the Poutina Turner. And that was the first one I was around. So it's obviously a very hockey theme. So if you like some poutine, so Poutina Turner, which is fantastic. Uh, go check that out. Uh, they have that still going on. And I know he said starting tomorrow, so it'll be August 5th, they're having a White Castle taco. Oh, I had that as a quesadilla when it was at Old Town. And I got to tell you, it tastes just like a White Castle. It's the craziest thing I've ever, I've ever tasted. Yeah, so he will have that available starting uh, tomorrow. So go check that out. Um, 4916 Shaw, they're open at uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, 5 p.m. till they run out. And that's been happening usually 5 p.m. till like 10, 11 or so, but they have been running out lately. Uh, and also on Fridays, they are open from lunch, full menu from 11 to 2. 
So go by and check them out, have a lunch. If not, go for dinner later on that night. You know, the Cardinals are back in town this week. I think they play the Yankees this weekend, I believe. So go check, go down there before you go play to see the Yankees play. Be a good time. Uh, also, check out Lucky Lola's. So we're in the middle of barbecue season. So you have the Lucky Lola's. Uh, they have the meat sticks you can have while you're barbecuing. Use the Lucky Lola's uh, spread for dipping and putting on some of the meat. And then also, if you get some salmon, that's the best thing you can put on it. Man, it ain't summer without some salmon rub and some meat sticks. So there you go. So two best things in the world, according to Chris. So uh, check those out. Go to Lucky Lola's. Uh, you can find them at Fresh Time, Schnooks. They carry a lot of stuff at Schnooks now. The Bratwurst are there now, along with and at Kenrick's as well. So go check out Kenrick's Fresh Time and Schnooks for all of your uh, Lucky Lola's needs. Uh, last but not least, our latest sponsor is Altered State Comics. Uh, you can find them at 671 Big Ben Road in Manchester. Uh, go in there and ask for Brandon. Get all your latest comics. Uh, needs uh, Start a poll list. You can get some of some really great ones. I'll give you my latest, which is the one I'm reading right now. Let me see what I have in front of me here. Oh, I have the latest. Uh, so my thing is I'm, I have uh, the Spider-Man number 900. So go check that out. Uh, it's number six in the newest series. Go check that out. Uh, you can find that at, at Altered State Comics. Uh, go check them out today and also check out the website, alterstatecomics.com. So that'll be it for us for tonight. Um, like I said, we get hopefully some news. If not, we're, we'll figure out something to do before then. If not, we'll start the season off and do some fun stuff. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. Sorry, it's been a, lot, a little distance between the last one. Uh, but we'll keep rolling here. So thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. What I hear you shout